Snakes, zombies, sharks, heights, speaking in public. The list of fears is endless. But while you're clutching your blanket in the dark, wondering if that sound in the hall was actually a footstep, the real danger is in your hand when you're behind the wheel. And while you might think a great white shark is scary, what's really terrifying and even deadly is distracted driving. Eyes forward. Don't drive distracted. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Hey, it's Zuko and Kayla from The Wake Up Call. Enjoy your podcast, but when you're done, don't forget about us. We have a radio show. We try to bring a smile to your face every morning. We also talk to some of the hottest country stars of today, and we like to share some good news with That's What I Like. Because Lord knows that's hard to find. When you're done podcasting your podcast, listen to us at 92.3 WCOL. Set your preset on your radio right now, and don't forget you can listen to us online on the iHeartRadio app. Welcome to Season 2 of The Next Great Podcast. iHeartRadio and Tongle have once again teamed up to bring you another round of amazing and unique voices. We're excited to share these 10 incredible podcasts with you and need your help crowning the winner. Check out the pilots and be sure to vote for your favorite at nextgreatpodcast.com. Today's entry is Life Salad by Stevie Vice and Marty Hart. We all started out as a collection of cells, and though we've since evolved into unique human beings, we're all still held to the same arbitrary standards about what our bodies should and shouldn't look like. We love this concept for the way it questions those standards and aims to deconstruct the social and political meanings of our bodies. Stevie and Marty's dedication to body positivity, diversity, and mental health awareness, among other vastly under-discussed topics, is what makes this show both interesting and necessary. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, multi-sex undecided, and robots, you're listening to Life Salad. I'm Marty. I'm Stevie. And you're listening to the pilot of Life Salad, which is part of the next great podcast 2021 competition from iHeartRadio and Tongle. Life Salad tosses together a variety of stories and experiences. For season one, we're talking about the human body. And obviously, we couldn't call the show Human Salad. So from the hair on your head, or lack thereof, to the tips of your toes, your guts, your skin, your tits, and your nose. Now, normally each episode will focus on just one specific body part at a time. Like, imagine an entire hour dedicated to back hair. Maybe not that specific, but since we are trying to win a contest here for the pilot, we bring you a whole bunch of body stories that really run the gambit. Today on the show, we're talking to Natalie. We disabled Daniel, we're not werewolves. Jessica. Cancer runs in my family until it runs into me. And to Amir. Having scars. Either has shown that you've like done something really stupid along the way, or you've like lived, or you've like ex- had like memorable experiences. Now, let's get right into it. My breast cancer story starts when I was 18 years old. And, um, you know, that was back in 2003. I came home smelling like food, needed to shower before my second job. And as I was bathing, I accidentally stumbled upon 
a lump in my right breast in about the six o'clock position, the, the bottom quadrant. And I thought, oh my God, I'm 18. This, this must be cancer. Um, I have so much cancer in my family. This has got to be what it is. I have, uh, you know, two aunts on my dad's side of the family who have had cancer, um, paternal grandmother, five paternal grand aunts, and my paternal great grandmother. I am the fourth generation in my family to have breast cancer, and there's been no known gene mutation. So at 18 years old, when I find this lump, I'm thinking, oh my God, I have cancer. I am a twin, and um, my twin and I were born 10 weeks early. So we were supposed to be born on Halloween, but we were born in summer instead. Um, And the thing about cerebral palsy is it's not caused um, in utero or sort of in the womb or anything like that. It's caused by the fact of being born early, usually down to oxygen deprivation and things like that so it's not it's not like genetic and it can't be predicted or prevented it just kind of is (laughs) so I had my biopsy I was officially diagnosed at 33 years old with invasive ductal carcinoma stage 2b my lump was 4.3 centimeters and I had two diseased lymph nodes I went through 16 rounds of chemotherapy, 24 rounds of radiation, a double mastectomy for which I lived without breasts for two years. Um, I had a hysterectomy prophylactically, which means it's preventative. And I had a two-phase breast reconstruction called deep flap. And it's where they take fat tissue and blood vessels from my abdomen and they use that to recreate breasts, I went from being essentially um, a double amputee to a double transplant recipient with my own uh, breasts, my own tissue, my own body. So, like my um, my government's initial COVID strategy basically amounted to it's okay, nobody needs to worry because it's only old and disabled people that are going to be affected. So. Only they're going to die, so the rest of us are okay. Which, A, is not true at all, but also was quite... (laughs) One did feel a bit like a sort of a sacrificial lamb, (laughs) just being, like, thrown to the wall. I was driving to meet friends who ended up being friends who were going to surprise me at a beach out in the Salmo area, and an animal ran across the street, or we think we don't even know what the true story is anymore swerving happened and then in movies when you see people like flipping their cars and like whoop 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 i experienced that as well full 180 uh so there were quite a few injuries along the way but one of them was a piece of glass that chose to stay in my arm for a very long time um multiple attempts at surgery happened the doctors are currently 0 for 3 with it um so now they have decided after like a lot of like cutting and surprise surgeries which i got really excited because you get to like look inside your own arm and like see the tissues and the muscles being ripped apart and moved and me like egging them on there was a lot of blood everywhere it was quite glorious uh, that the doctors have decided that at this point your two options are either having like a gigantic star scar for them to cut through um to potentially be able to find it or 
accept that this is a piece of glass that will forever live in you. Um, so now I live with Sharpay forever. When someone tries to relate to you, they will often start, you know, oh, I'm, you know, I'm sorry you have cancer. My aunt died of cancer like three years ago or something like that. And I'm just like, I'm really sorry to hear that. And then I'm thinking like, well, what kind of cancer did she have? What treatments did she have? Did I do everything for myself? Did she still have a reoccurrence? Like, why did she die? You know, I'm, I'm thinking about those things. Um, so again, I know that people are trying really hard to relate to you by saying those things, but it does, um, it's really not the best way to empathize. I get it like five or six times a day and people think it's being funny and it gets really boring, which is um, some variation on, oh, don't crash into anyone with that. What's your top speed? That stuff. Because I have a wheelchair to get around. So I get it at least like two or three times a day. I'll get some kind of variation on that. And I don't mind it from like little kids, but when it's like, grown adults I'm like really like and they always look so pleased with themselves like they're the first person ever to come up with it it's like I've literally heard this every day of my life for about I don't know even what now 18 years however long it was when I first started noticing it somewhere and then um I was actually um at a hotel uh bar one night I was there with a, a group of friends and um, I was at the end and a gentleman came up next to me and, and sat down and I really, I could tell he was already inebriated and I just, he was a little annoying. I was just kind of like keeping him at bay and just giving him really like just short answers to kind of turn him off to wanting to talk to me, just trying to be uninterested as polite as possible. And then he's like, so what do you do? And, and instead of telling him, you know, about my day job, I said, well, I'm a breast cancer survivor. That's what I do. I survive. And uh, he then he's like, looks at my chest and says, well, are they real or fake? Mm. And I look at him and I'm like, I've gone through 16 rounds of chemo, 24 rounds of radiation, a double mastectomy, a hysterectomy, and a two-phase multi-flap breast reconstruction. Everything about me is real, very real. And I just got up and went to the bathroom. So um, that's really been the only time someone's asked something insensitive. But, you know, I I think, you know, people most of the time are are well-intentioned with that stuff. Snakes, zombies, sharks, heights, speaking in public... The list of fears is endless. But while you're clutching your blanket in the dark, wondering if that sound in the hall was actually a footstep, the real danger is in your hand when you're behind the wheel. And while you might think a great white shark is scary, what's really terrifying and even deadly is distracted driving. Eyes forward. Don't drive distracted. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. It's the Breakfast Club, the world's most dangerous morning show. Hey! Angela E is kind of like the big sister that always pokes you in the forehead. <laughs> Ooh. 
That's not how it goes? That's not how anything goes. Yemi's really like a robot. One of the best DJs ever. Believe that. Charlamagne is the wild card. And I'm about to give somebody the credit they deserve for being stupid. I know that's right. <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> Listen to The Breakfast Club weekday mornings from 6 to 10 on 106.7 The Beat. Columbus is real hip-hop and R&B. Well, it started when I was really quite young. Like, in my family... I was always, I've got two sisters and we were always treated exactly the same. And so it wasn't until I started school that I kind of realized, oh, this is weird. People pointing, whispering, and uh, saying things. A lot of the time people would sort of point and whisper. And then when I would say to them, stop whispering about me, they would go, oh, we're not even though I could literally see it in front of me. One story to sort of sum it up, I would have been about 10, would have been in what you guys would probably call middle school, and my friend had painted a picture of me um, in art class. We'd sort of done each other. I came into school the next day to find that her portrait had been pinned up in the hallway her portrait that she'd drawn of me and next to it was written it is our school ethos to help the needy and those less fortunate than us so that was a pretty um pretty depressing day I mean I kind of um I already knew that I wasn't really considered a them but to have it actually written out on a wall for everyone to see that I was in fact an us, that was uh, that was interesting. I went to the headmaster to complain about it and he couldn't see what my problem was. Yeah, so when I was going through my second round of chemotherapy and my body was changing, I was losing my hair, I was losing my nails, my I was had my upcoming double mastectomy uh, approaching and... I didn't tell my friends and family at first because I was really dealing with the emotions. But as my body was changing, I thought, okay, well, I'm not going to hide under a rock, you know, throughout the rest of my cancer diagnosis. People are going to see me. They're going to ask questions. They're going to want to know. So as I came out to my friends on social media and told them that I had breast cancer, um, my friends were like, well, how did you even know to go get checked or even think about it? I said, well, I do my monthly self breast exams, don't you? And they were like, no, 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 we, we don't. And I'm like, wait, wait, what? I've been doing this since I was 18. Why aren't you doing them? And I found out there were three primary reasons. Either women um, didn't know how to do a self breast exam. They were afraid of finding something and not sure what to do next, or they weren't comfortable with their bodies. So I wanted to do something about that. Um, I started a, a social media project called Feel for Your Life on Facebook and Instagram. And I started sharing my story there. I started sharing information about self-breast exams and screenings and how to advocate for yourself um, and to stand up to medical gaslighting. And then actually this year, well, last year, after Breast Cancer Awareness Month, I thought, I want to do something bigger with Feel for Your Life. I want to reach more women, and I want to, them to be empowered and in, equipped 
to uh, know about screenings, know about self-exams, know about their genetic history, know about uh, dense breasts and what to do about it. So I became the first breast cancer patient to create an app to show you how to do a self-breast exam, how to advocate for yourself, how to... um, how to uh, set reminders and how to track and monitor your changes so that you can take this information to your doctor. And then another one is on the top of my foot, on my top of my right foot, because this reminds me of like when I was backpacking in Peru. I can't surf to save my life. I pretend I'm really good at it, but I'm not. And there was an incident that I someone saw a fin, but they're not too sure that they saw a fin, so they yelled something. And I got distracted because I wasn't too confident and I slipped off my surfboard, went underwater. And as I was underwater, the surfboard hit me in the back of the head and went back further down and cut my foot on a coral somewhere. And then I was that pathetic human who swam back to shore, dragged my surfboard, left a trail of blood in the sand. Um, And the poor Peruvians are just like, freaking out because there's like blood coming on their sand from this complete stranger who barely understands anything they're saying. I was talking with a friend of mine about this the other day. You don't see a lot, you know, people with disabilities, physical disabilities in media. You, know, you don't see a lot of them, full stop. But when you do, the characters have usually acquired their disability somewhere. The one on my stomach is the most embarrassing one. This would have been at a summer camp about five, six years ago, maybe. And we set up a slip and slide for the campers and the kids to go on. Uh, Some of the staff got a little bit too excited, myself included, and it turned into a very aggressive form of slip and sliding that at some point it turned into like a burn slash there could have been a rock on this tarp that as I went down, it cut me right above the belly button area like on the stomach and then slip and sliding had to be canceled because it was a mixture of water and soap and my blood again another one of my lovely twitter friends she got challenged by someone once because they didn't believe that disabled parking spaces needed to be open after 10 p.m because they didn't see why any quote unquote genuine disabled person would be out after that time and Her rather amazing response that went a bit viral was, we're disabled, Daniel, we're not werewolves. You know, I I am grateful and I'm happy. And I always say that I hope this is my last surgery. With cancer, you just kind of always wait for the other shoe to drop sometimes. um, Because it's like, oh, wait, there's more. You know, after the double mastectomy, it's like, oh, wait, there's more. You're going to have to have radiation. And then thinking I'm going to have surgery. Oh, wait, you know, the hospital's canceling all surgeries. And so anytime, you know, I have blood work or I have to have a scan, you know, in the cancer community, we call it scanxiety when we get nervous because we think something is going to start lighting up like a Christmas tree and it's going to require, you know, further testing and a biopsy. So I'm grateful to be what I think is at the end. And I hope to close the, ch- the chapter on cancer and at the same time it's just kind of I'm cautiously optimistic kind of tiptoeing and walking on eggshells just wondering if something else is around the corner but you know I'm working through it we want to say thanks to Natalie Jessica and Amir for sharing your stories with us sure 
Well, uh, my name is Jessica, and I'm a breast cancer survivor. Hi, everyone. My name is Natalie Hibbert. I am an author of young adult fiction. I also happen to have a disability called cerebral palsy. Uh, I'm Amir. I'm 31, and I just gave you a brief synopsis of what my scars look like and where the stories came from. The Life Salad podcast covers diverse guests and stories from oversharing grandmas to opinionated teens and everything in between. Stories from all walks of life, any age, gender, race, ability, and so on. So if you've got a story that you want to share, let us know. And more importantly, if you liked the Life Salad pilot episode, go vote so we can keep making more. I'm Marty. I'm Stevie. And now, over to Millie for her take. Millie, what's your favorite body part? Um, my arms. Why? Because I can hug. Hi, this is Sienna. And Liana. From Tossed Popcorn, last year's winner of the Next Great Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, and be sure to go vote for your favorite at nextgreatpodcast.com. Snakes, zombies, sharks, heights, speaking in public, the list of fears is endless. But while you're clutching your blanket in the dark, wondering if that sound in the hall was actually a footstep, the real danger is in your hand when you're behind the wheel. And while you might think a great white shark is scary, what's really terrifying and even deadly is distracted driving. Eyes forward. Don't drive distracted. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council.